Hey guys, and welcome to episode 62. This was complete by accident that we decided to do two episodes. Uh, the whole format of the first episode went out the window. We were just kind of having a chat. We've got a list of questions in front of us and it was very informal. So this is part two uh, with Steve Griffin, um, Steve's weight loss on Instagram. Um, so we are kind of just gonna pick up uh, kind of where we left off. Uh, so hopefully you enjoyed the first one. Um, it was it was really great to have a lot of insight into Steve's journey uh, regarding kind of the calories tracking, who his go-to, where his motivation, um, and kind of where he's come from regarding social media, all that kind of stuff as well. Um, so we'll, we'll cut the, the, the next kind of part of this is going to be a lot of mindset stuff. And I know Steve likes this kind of stuff, and I think we both do. Uh, so we're going to talk a lot about... The various books, the podcasts, um, dealing with various different types of people, the and different kind of quotes and stuff that are resonate with both of us. Um, so and then, but we're going to start off with, um, kind of Steve's own journey. So for anyone that isn't aware, uh, Steve was diagnosed with cancer when you were twenty. So I'm going to let Steve take over because this is one of those things I think every single one of us knows someone else has been affected by cancer. And I witnessed firsthand Steve talking at an event by Layla uh, Beyond the Scales um, who won JSA. We both spoke at this, but Steve was the, the main guest. And the way Steve talks about this is very, 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 very eloquent um and very very poignant and he also managed to kind of tell a few jokes along the way uh, i remember kind of before the event we were talking about certain things uh, we might we might talk about it. depends on how we go but uh so steve kind of can you talk about how the whole thing came about how did you find about diagnosis um and then we'll kind of go into a little bit more please yeah, so um, 20 years of age, um, college student and working as a, a doorman in Galway, bit, I wouldn't quite say happy-go-lucky, but you know, just living each day as he came, playing a bit of sport, doing my stuff, and uh, a Monday came around and I got a phone call going, can you work tonight, the fellow that's meant to work can't be here, I was meant to go kick, uh, some sort of kickboxing, it wasn't called kickboxing, but it was some sort of martial art that involved a lot of kicking and leg work. And just in hindsight, I, I always laughed at that because I would have probably misdiagnosed the pain I was having with some sort of, I've pulled my groin or I've pulled something. Um, but I went to work at nine and I was a little bit sore. Um, wasn't totally sure exactly what, I was, I was uncomfortable. I was really uncomfortable and a little bit sore. And then by the end of my shift at midnight, I was leaning against the door. I had sweat like literally like cold sweat on my forehead I, I didn't know what was wrong with me and uh did what every typical young irish lad does in text ma'am i went geez there's something really wrong here and uh because we we have a history of like hernias and stuff in the family so i thought that could be it um subconsciously i reckon i probably had an idea it wasn't but maybe i wanted it to be um, I've always, I always have been, and, and still am, a, a Lance Armstrong fan, and for everything that his, his Live Strong Foundation did for cancer patients. But so I, I was always aware of testicular cancer, but 
she told me go to the doctor you're you're in town go to A&E if you have to if you're if you don't think you can sleep was the exact thing go go to A&E and I was like I probably won't be able to get comfortable so I might as well what's the harm and uh went in I was lucky enough A&E was quiet um, got seen by a doctor and he, he basically told me straight out you know it could be one of three things could be an infection real easy some tablets happens to a lot of people uh, could be a torsion which is just when you're like a tube twist uh, you have a, a time frame with that because after a while the oxygen gets stopped and he goes look it could be cancer I have to tell you it could be cancer as well um, nice guy cold hands but <laughs> um, I was very lucky to have a young doctor and I, I to this day I maintain it because he was there the, the whole way through he was one of the junior doctors on the team on the oncology team or the urology team I can't remember which one he was on but I think he was able to I was able to resonate with him and him with me because he was so young um, but I was in hospital for a couple of days and you know one test one test after the other kind of ruled out everything and then I had bloods done um and they came back astronomically high. Um, I'm, I, I don't really know the medical stuff all that well. But I remember the, the AFP, the I think it's amphetamine protein, which is basically what fights badness in your body, was through the roof. And they told me that pretty much straight out without saying it, that I was definitely sicker than an infection or a torsion. And uh, I'll never, ever, ever forget being asked by the doctor, could I step into, there was no private space available. The hospital was jammers by, by Wednesday or Thursday. And he asked me to step into just like a closet with them. And I was chatting with them. And it was like a scene out of a movie where everything just kind of goes quiet when he was saying it. You know, and he goes, look, you've, you've testicular cancer. Um, it's only in one of them, which is great, which uh, was hard to hear. But at the same time, in, in hindsight, was was fantastic because it was so isolated that I could have surgery and just have that one removed. Um, but again, same doctor goes, please, I know the shock don't fall over he goes I can't pick you up do you know because I swear to god I got lightheaded you know because I was expecting it but still didn't want to hear it and I said something a few months ago on Instagram and the amount of people that got back to me about it was just insane that I wish that that more people could have the outlook on life that somebody who's been told that has um, you know and, and touch wood I don't want to like I never want to know anybody who gets told they have cancer but like inevitably it will happen unfortunately it's on the rise but something changes in your head almost straight away like i remember sitting at 20 years of age on the edge of a hospital bed or lying there like googling mortality rates and stuff and that shit's it's kind of depressing but i didn't know what else to do i, I had to google it like google's great and the internet's great but at that time really probably wasn't the best thing i could have been doing um telling my family was really hard because they had just left they literally just left my old little had just gone to the shop which is literally across the road to get some food because um, he'd been there around the clock as of the mother and I, I just something changes in your head when you're told you have cancer like your your values and stuff change you don't give a shit about the soccer match at the weekend because that doesn't affect you you care about like your family your health and like your health is your wealth and that really comes into it you know and if, if more people had the outlook of somebody who's got that news and the appreciation of life that comes with it I think the world would probably be a better place, but I hope that nobody ever has to be put in that scenario. Yeah, and yeah, I can't even speak. Um, in relation to 
when the words were the the words were uttered and the kind of the, the can only imagine was kind of going through the, your head and you spoke about kind of potentially going down like the rabbit hole of kind of going through your phone and kind of going through that what was there a moment that kind of snapped you out of it or was there literally that you had to kind of come out of that yourself or was there like you talk about the inner circle and your inner circle is incredible like was there something that was said to you or was it just like i need to kind of pick myself up and just go bit of both bit of both i was really lucky um two strong parents really um they kept it together in front of me i know and in hindsight they told me that you know when they weren't around it was significantly harder but when they were with me they, they you know they kept a strong face um because they had to try and keep my spirits up i guess um in fairness the doctors were good they, they kept me in, in good spirits in the sense that they told me that by the looks of it they would have been able to operate and just remove the tumor and turned out afterwards i had some I don't like saying rare, but it was an unordinary or an uncommon growth that grew extraordinarily fast. Um, because I, I explained to the doctors over and over and over in these meetings that I, I didn't feel anything. And then on Sunday, I was a little bit sore, but I thought maybe, you know, it could have been anything. You know, and without sounding funny, it could have fucking sat funny. Or, you know, I played soccer before where I managed to kick myself in the balls and it, it didn't happen. Um, I'm clumsy like that. But I think that, you know just the fact that I had my parents there just to keep me relatively grounded the doctors were saying that oh, look, we'll, we'll get it sorted we'll get it sorted um, and I'm sure they say that to a lot of people but when you're in that position you do take it on board um, but it was difficult like at first I didn't want to tell people um, and I had asked my parents not to tell even like my uncles and stuff and it was I just didn't know you know it's 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 weird it's not like you've got the cold and you tell people to stay away from you so they don't get it do you find that was because of where it was or do you feel it because it was cancer in general? Um, a little, yeah, a little bit of both. Um, I think lads in general aren't good at going to doctors. They're, maybe they're getting they're better, but this stubborn crack of like, I'm not going to a doctor, sure. What do they know? Like it's, a, it's definitely in the generation before us. Whereas I think it's getting a bit better, but I don't think lads are good at that kind of thing in terms of going to a doctor if they have a pain in their testicles or anything. I think... They just don't want it. And if, like, I think I had, uh, I had to go back to the hospital until I was 26 and a half, 27. Um, I went back every couple of weeks for bloods. I went back every month for the first year for, like, scans. I saw doctors on a regular basis. I saw, like, loads and loads of male doctors and loads and loads of female doctors. And, like, yeah, I, at, at stages I was like, mm, okay, I have to get the boys. Well, at that stage it was the boy out for... You know, a, a female doctor, and it was strange, but at the same time, I knew that it was benefiting me. But I think, like I said at the start, I think this the subconscious in me kind of knew that testicular cancer probably was a possibility. It's not in the family. There's, it, thankfully, it's not in the family any form. But I, like I said, would have always been a big Livestrong, Lance Armstrong fan, and I knew he had gone through it, so I knew it was a thing. Um, it wasn't total bliss, ignorance, or anything like that. Um, I completely forgot the initial question. I don't know. There was something about cancer in it. No, yeah, no. I, I, it was a general enough kind of question. Um, I know when we, when you did the talk in Layla's event for Marie Keating Foundation, that was a predominantly 
female audience. Was there? Were we the only two lads? And then the guy from Urban Fitness, Urban Joe, Fitness from Urban. Joe from Urban Fitness. I think we were the only lads. It was what 120, 130 females, all wearing pink. And I like it was. I think there's photos of the two of us on that day. There's one photo in particular. Like it's as if the two of us are looking at scones. To be honest with you, but there's what there's the there's a photo of everyone just kind of like on tender hooks listening to every single word that you have said and i've never seen a someone hold a room that the way you did that day and it took a lot of i'm gonna use the word balls <laughs> i could see it coming out he's gonna say it um but that wasn't intended uh to kind of to do that and i'm 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 very grateful that you've you're sharing the story as well and if there was one thing that you would advise someone in the same position that if they're unsure of anything, what would that thing be? Go to the doctor. Don't don't leave it. Um, I was told that with the growth, this, the, the apparent speed of the growth that I had, um, I was August 13th, that if I hadn't come to the doctor when I had, that the process of cancer could have continued, the growth would have gone numb, the tumour would have continued to grow and spread, the pain would have numbed and I would have thought I'm fine. This would have happened at the rapid rate of growth, possibly. And I, I will never forget a doctor telling me that I may not have made my 21st birthday in January. So from August to January is not a very long time. Go to the doctor. If you know if you don't think it feels right, or if one feels bigger than the other all of a sudden, or if you just if something doesn't feel right, fork out the 50 or 60 quid for the GP and go and make sure. It's mad that, like... I put this into context as well, but like it's mad when it comes to our health, we don't put in, I say, the 50 or 60 quid. But when it comes to a night out, we'll easily spend 150, 200, 250 quid on a night out. But then when it comes to like potentially reaching out to a coach or going to a doctor, we'll be like, no, I'm not spending that 50 or 60 quid. But you're more than happy to. Self investment. It's right across the board, whether it's your health or your your betterment, your learning, mental health or whatever. It's it's mad, and I think it's, it I think it's improving, but it's got a hell of a long way to go because people like, I've from talking to people on a daily basis and from talking to people on the gym floor, a lot of people will base stuff off price. But if you are struggling and you're unhappy where you are, potentially how you look and how you feel and energy levels, and you need to kind of lose weight or you need to eat a little bit more in order to kind of get your cycle back or whatever it is i don't think you can really put a price on on that i don't think you can really put a price on your health and as if you you've said your health is your wealth and if you don't have that you don't really have anything you can have all the fancy clothes you can have all the, the fanciest car fanciest job hottest boyfriend girlfriend or whatever but if you don't have your health you're 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 fucking nothing to be honest with you um that kind of leads into one of the quotes that we were talking about off air and one of the quotes that you put up on your on your Instagram and it really kind of resonated with me when I read it and I think it resonated with a lot of people was falling down is an accident staying down is a choice can you where, where did you get the quote and can you expand a little bit more about it yeah I came across the quote by just by fluke I, I downloaded an app like two weeks ago I think it's called 365 quotes and I don't think I've opened the app once but every day twice or three times a day just something pops up on the screen and you can see it in the preview 
and it might be one line, it might be five lines, it might be ten lines, you know, it's just different quotes. Like yesterday, it's simply read, don't quit. And maybe yesterday wasn't the most needed thing, but there might be a day in two, three weeks, three, four months, and I might see that, and I might just go, wow, that was so needed. But I saw that the other day, and I've had a, a, I've had a good two weeks at the minute, because I'm back proper, proper on track, but December, January was a bit up down, and when I saw that, I was like, whoa. It was just, you know, in January I had a very small surgery and I couldn't really move for about two weeks. So I suppose falling down in that sense, well, I, was, I was told I had to reduce activity greatly. But then I was in a position where I could take it back up and I had got kind of lazy. So whilst I fell down through necessity, I stayed down through choice. And I just saw it and I was like, fuck, I can resonate with that so many times. You know, anytime you, you know, proverbially fall off the wagon... You know, it, it happens, but deciding to not get back on it, that's your decision, that's your choice. You have that uh, availability to get back on it if you want to. And uh, it, just, it just struck me, it really has. It's, uh, it's, it's an awesome quote, and I think one of the quotes that I kind of found kind of very shortly afterwards, and we were talking about this, it's you can be reading books and people keep re- recommending books. Like I think I have like 15 books on the side of my desk and I have to read them or I should be reading them um, but at the minute I'm trying to read 10 pages a day in order to try and get a book done a month if I can but one of the quotes that kind of hit me like the it's called Minds, the book's called Mindset by Carl Dweck and it's one of those books that a lot of people PTs everyone kind of reads but it's in relation to kind of change and we were talking about change in the last episode and the quote is change is, isn't like surgery even when you change the old beliefs, you aren't just removing them like a worn out hip or knee and replacing them with better ones. Instead, the new beliefs take their place alongside the old ones. And as they become stronger, they give you a different way to act, feel and think. It's Change is a hard thing for a lot of people to accept. But it's also probably one of the most satisfying things. Um, and like from yourself, from kind of having the illness and then having your own weight loss journey was is there one thing that you would say to someone in the in a position of kind of starting off on their weight loss journey about change and kind of kind of being more open to it yeah um don't be afraid to fail i think is a big one i mean there's a huge difference between failing and failure you know and there's incredible learning that comes in you know you know that saying you, you learn more with the loss than you do with the win i mean i i learned a lot in january and december where i i didn't run i didn't train very much and then in january i by choice was lazy and i learned a lot in that two weeks i learned that I, I missed it i learned that i enjoyed being on track um but mindset wise i learned a bit about myself too and people try and I see a lot of people try and get very drastic change very fast. Um, people want an instant impact. I mean, you can have a very instant impact. I mean, a lot of those types of diets do work um, in the sense that your scale weight will reduce. You'll weigh less. Your, your relationship with gravity will be lesser. But, I mean, what did you what did you take out of it? What did you learn? I mean, I did a shake diet years ago. I lasted like four days. I fucking hated it. I had a headache. It tasted like chalk. Uh, they all tasted the fucking same. 
the chocolate and the vanilla were different colours but they tasted the same and I got nothing out of it um, and I know people will say well look I lost weight but change for me is a slow process it's a process that involves ups and downs it's like any road in the country there's bends, there's potholes, there's speed bumps but like speed bumps are designed to slow you down not stop you um, so just don't be afraid to take change on head first and even if that sometimes means taking an L and failing a little make sure that even if you fail you take something from it and move forward with that I think a lot of people nowadays are afraid to fail because they are afraid what other people are going to think um, whether it be going for a job at work whether it be asking a girl or boy out whether it be starting their own weight loss journey I think a lot of people are afraid that they're going to fail at doing something but you're better off trying something and finding out if that approach is for you like you've spoken about the shake diets if you hadn't done the shake diets you wouldn't be sitting here saying that's not for me it's like if you do slimmer world and i know i've had previous guests on talking about slimmer world and there are pros and cons to it for me personally i don't it's keeping me in business and that's the way uh, it's not that way that quote it irks a lot of people but if it works for you amazing but the stats would say that 85 percent of people would fail off it and most people fail off diets anyway but it, it's completely your approach um i think that's the problem though people fail diets yeah and everybody has a diet it's just not best serving them perhaps if they're looking to change it. i mean it's i've always looked at this as a lifestyle change yeah and i agree and i think the the word diet means short term and we all have diets like there's different tribes all over the world like there's a mediterranean diet there's the kidavan diet there's paleo diet there's so many different diets and stuff like that out there but i think what paul has a quote if you're not on plan you're not off plan or vice versa paul, i don't even want to try because i'll butcher it i've just butchered it so join me <laughs> i think it's if you're not on plan you're never off plan or vice versa, I think, because... Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah? I get it. I get what you're saying. Um, I, I hope I have. I, I pause this and I apologize. Um, but, like, so many people think that it is, like, when you go on a diet, that if you have one so-called bad meal in a very commas, that it's going to derail everything. And as we spoke about in the previous episode was, why not to kind of look at it, like, 80 20, 80% wholesome, nutritious foods, plenty of veg, plenty of protein... And then 20% foods that you enjoy going out with the girls or lads or whatever it may be, going out for brunch and making it that work into your routine rather than seeing it as chicken and broccoli diets. They have their place with bodybuilders. Tried that too. Yeah, and I've been there too. And I hold my hands up. I was fucking miserable. Mm, not enjoyable. No. Um, and it, some people it works for, but on the vast majority of people don't enjoy that side of things. Um when I, the, the most important thing for someone that's kind of potentially starting is the importance of just starting is another quote that you've you put up on a post recently as well i think it's the hardest part for a lot of people and i don't think a lot of people are potentially ready for it um i know you had the photo was your your thing your epiphany moment if someone is kind of like 
they're three quarters of the way there to kind of reaching out what would you kind of say to that person to kind of get that extra step to kind of get a bit of help in the right direction oh it's kind of hard man like I do get asked a lot like what motivates you and what motivates me won't inherently motivate you do you know what I mean I was motivated by that picture and by the fact somebody the week after kind of made a joke about me being fat I mean the two of them were my fire it's hard to be somebody else's fire and I know people will say like oh that quote motivates me but like is it going to get you to do anything do you know it's very different I mean I heard one a long time ago from Les Brown basically saying that if the ghosts of all your, your talents and your abilities and the dreams and the thoughts that came to you during your life came to you on your deathbed and you had never acted on them and they stood there and went what the fuck we came to you and you did nothing with us and you had to account for not taking advantage of everything that was given to you by whatever your belief is by God or just through natural genetics whatever it is why wouldn't you I mean I've, I've benefited I'd almost say from a new life a new lease of life at least from being physically able to go for a walk from being able to enjoy myself from not being fucking gassed by a flight of stairs somebody's motivation should simply be wanting to be a little bit better whether that's like you were saying about reading a book whether it's like i hate well, no i don't hate reading but i, I bore when i'm reading like some I'm a, people I'm a, are audio I'm listeners i'm a really good audio listener i, I, I read audiobooks or like read audiobooks um really well like it is hard but the amount that you're capable of shouldn't be dictated by what you've done what you are capable of could be beyond your wildest dreams but you won't know unless you fucking try and this crack off I'll start next Monday I'll start next Monday I'll start next Monday like there's a lot of next Mondays but are you ever really going to start I did that I always had the idea the fallacy that I had to start on a Monday and I don't know why what's special about Monday it's it's mad like it's kind of right now is generally when a lot of people after Christmas will the gym start to go a little bit quieter the there's a little bit like it's kind of midterm kind of valentine's day is generally when it kind of falls off and a lot of people potentially kind of lose their kind of motivation lose their drive lose their kind of push um and it's just kind of important to like i'm not trying to be a preacher about kind of being all fitness 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 like Steve and I were both at one stage when we both weren't into fitness. Like we would have played football, we would have done some sport, but not necessarily what you see in the industry now as training three times a week or four times a week, going for walks or whatever like that. But it's just important to kind of keep pushing yourself forward. Even if you are putting two steps forward and one step back, you're still one up on aggregate. Another football analogy for Steve. Your vision's uh, important. It's Arnold Schwarzenegger, like he has that that quote or that speech where he talks about the importance of vision, and like it was something I never really got. Um, and then Paul told me to have a very very clear vision of exactly what I wanted, um, because I want to get skinny, or I want to lose weight. Like I lost a pound, I lost weight. I lost a hundred pounds, I lost weight. So, but there's a big difference in that ninety nine pounds. But having a very clear vision of what I wanted now as I evolved wanting a specific scale weight kind of decreased the importance of the scale weight meant less and less to me in the sense that physically being happy in myself and um, actual training 
what my body was doing or how I was feeling at training and after fitting in clothes. I put a, a big thing in, in like uh, I use one specific type of brand because they generally fit the same. And I call it my accountability. I fit into it. I've, I've you know, stayed the same. If it's loose, I've lost weight or I've got bigger muscle or whatever. If it's tight, I've gained weight and it keeps me accountable. But having a very clear vision of where I want to go, that's why for me running is kind of good because I have a date for a run, I have a distance, and both of those are measured, and I have a certain time frame to it, and I have to reach those markers by that date. Um, but having a, a real clear vision of exactly where you want to go is important, because otherwise you just kind of float along, you're kind of training, and you're kind of eating right, and you're, you're kind of losing weight, but you're not really. But if you're laser-focused on a vision, I think it helps so much to stay motivated. And when you're talking about a vision, do you mean kind of having a set target for I'm going to be a certain weight? Or do you mean kind of saying that I want to lose or fit into, say, a dress or a, a suit or whatever? Steve looked at me when I said dress. He's like, where are you going with this? Very curious. That's where <laughs> that was going. But then it's OK. It's OK. I recovered. Um, um, but y- yeah, that's exactly Um I, like I said, at first, the scale had its place with me. It always does and always probably will. Um, it does measure your weight and your relationship with gravity. But I think James Smith nailed it in his book. He called it the sad step. Like, it really, it shouldn't affect people's emotions as much as it should. Um, either happy or sad. You know, weight can fluctuate so much. And I was only saying it to, to Brian Keane on his podcast that at one stage... I think I played two AstroTurf turf five sides in a day and a half and I weighed myself either side of the first and at the end of the second one I was like three or four kilos in the difference but I was dehydrated and I was hungry And but on a scale I'd lost like fucking four kilos oh happy days drink a bit of water and it's all back Um, so like yeah like a t-shirt or a shirt or anything like that pants you know jeans stuff like that I I do I have an analogy with my clients and I think this isn't a sexist comment this is from from working with predominantly females females are a little bit more orientated towards the scales than than males but you don't go into a shop looking for a size 70 kilos you go into a shop looking for a size 10 12 6 8 4 3 2 1 whatever it may be but yet when we go on to this little sad step as James and you've kind of just mentioned there it's weird how it affects so many people when it's literally just this little and let this little number affect them um, it's 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 worrying that that's still the case when so many people are, are kind of saying like it's it's it can be a little bit kind of from us because we're two lads kind of talking about it uh, but from like I've I had Amelia Thompson on. She spoke about it that like if it's going to affect your mood, stay off the thing. Yeah. Um. And the other thing, like I mentioned, Slimmer World already. Their whole weighing in system. Weighing in system. They almost make it a competition, and that's not where healthy relationships with yourself and food come from those people a lot I've, from a lot of the girls that i've worked with have come from that background and they would openly admit that they starved themselves to get up on the scales and some of them would have had their, their weigh-ins later on in the evening i'm not saying that like i'm saying 
Slim World has its place if it works for you, but for and it's an amazing community aspect. That's what I love about it. Do there are elements of it I don't really think are amazing. Um, Do you want a funny scale story? Go on. Couldn't find one when I started. As in, there wasn't a scale in my house. And the gym I was a member in had one of those old school bodybuilding scales that balances. And uh, I asked your man, could he, you know, the PT there, could he work for me? And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah you just have to do this, do that. He goes, step on. And it just went, ba-dumf. and it just like fell to one side. Not the scale, but the tippy thing on the top. The tippy thing, yeah. And he goes, uh, oh, it's maxed out. Maxed out at 140. I was like, what? This is awkward for both of us now, isn't it? Because he didn't know what the fuck to say. And I didn't know what the fuck to say. I had no idea what weight I was. I had no clue. When was the last time you weighed yourself before that? I didn't want to, so I stayed away from it. I remember stepping on my grandparents' scale in their house, in their bathroom, um, a couple of years ago, and same thing, needles went right up to the top. I think that was 20 and a half stone-ish. Um, so, like, I hit that gym. The little tippy thing went flying up sideways, and your man goes, you weigh more than that. I was like, no shit. I was like, what makes you think that? And uh, I had to go and buy, like, a digital scale. And uh, that was Okimomo for me in the PT. Oh, how did the PT react? He was pretty good in fairness. He, he kind of made light of it in the sense that he goes, ah, sure, look, they're made for bodybuilders anyways. You know, that kind of laugh and joke, but like, in fairness, how the fuck do you react in that situation? Even I didn't know what to say, and I talk a lot. I, I, yeah, I would struggle with if... I've had someone... I've worked with someone close to that weight, but I haven't, like, we didn't have that scales. I would have had the electronic scales yeah. when working with people. But, like, a lot of people also forget to look at how they feel in clothes, how they look in the mirror. Performance. Performance also, yeah, 100%. Are you getting stronger? Are you progressing with weights? Are you progressing with lifts? Um, and then also the last one is, are you happier in yourself? Took the words out of my mouth. Like I'm if you're if you're not happy with yourself, like that's like it's it's like what's it's it's upsetting. It's sad if you're not happy in yourself because you only have one self, and if you can't look after that self properly, you're never going to be really happy. You can't really do anything really if you're like, yeah. Yeah. No. And admittedly, I was like August twenty eighteen. I was really unhappy like not to I wasn't you know to paint a dark dark period I wasn't depressed or anything but I was really unhappy and I was unhappy in myself that I let myself get to that stage more so than like day to day unhappy I was unhappy that I allowed this to happen because I was the one person that could stop it but for ages I blamed other people blamed the lads for going for chips and dragging me along blamed fucking rugby coaches for being dicks and then oh, I'm not playing rugby anymore fuck this I'm not going to train it you know I always seem to find a reason to stop doing something so stop eating healthy I'll go eat chips with the lads because Asher it's the lads and it's bonding bullshit do you know it was just as much bonding when I came into work with Tupperware and I was able to sit there with the lads and we're still having the same chats it's uh, it's mad because I spoke about skinny shaming yesterday and People feel that, like, people will kind of get a little bit of banter if you bring in your own lunch. You get your own, like, you're bringing in your, your kind of so-called healthy food in, in kind of inverted commas. Um, and you get a little bit of... It's kind of seen as not a social norm anymore to be bringing in your own lunch and bringing in plan while not you're, you're, while you're not going out to, I don't know, 
takeaway zaytunes or whatever like that for for your lunch how did you deal with that side of things when you were with the lads i've got to be honest i was very lucky in the sense that i had a really good group of lads on the unit um told them pretty much from the get-go that i was going on this journey and they were supportive you know there was there was one guy in work that made a joke um before you know they were talking about restaurants I wasn't even in the conversation. I was nearby, but I wasn't in the conversation. And next thing I just heard, oh, ask Steve, he looks like he knows where to eat. I was like, well, yes, yes, he does, but you're not getting my opinion now, dickhead. Um, but I have to be fair, the boys were pretty sound, and like a lot of them afterwards would come and go, well, what was it like? And is it nice? What's the taste? Like what you put in it? What kind of training are you doing? Like, I think a lot of people are naturally inquisitive, but maybe don't really know how to go about it. And I, I was real fortuitous with the guys I had around me they were supportive as fuck yeah I yeah and that kind of leads in with the inner circle thing again that we kind of keep alluding to but it, it, I can't put enough kind of power towards that because it is probably the thing that's kind of kept me going for the last kind of like three years about the five people um, and but I've also had to do the other side of things which is cut out people mm-hmm. which is the hardest part mm-hmm. Um, how have you ever had anyone kind of doubting what you've been trying to achieve and have how did you kind of deal with that yourself on social media more so than to my face you get messages and like totally random no picture messages from people going like nobody gives a fuck what are you doing you know what the fuck just shut the fuck you know you know stuff like that and you're just like what why I usually just piss them off and just say like hey and just don't really respond to what they're saying or just block them you know um, in fairness I have to be very very fair now face to face nobody has been you know maybe crass or hard on me or anything like that I come from a small community so everybody's pretty happy for you when you do something that's positive you know um, and nobody's been well nobody's been a dick you know and again like you said the wrong people around you would suck the goodness out of whatever you're doing you know, if you've got a bit of positive fucking wind uplifting you through the fucking seasons, some fucker just come and suck that out. Next thing you're back down and you're... I mean, the wrong people in that circle destroys it. Yeah, and I think what I found from the people that were potentially negative when I started doing this are the ones that are reaching out now for mm-hmm. advice. And I'm more than happy to give advice if what we what I do or you do helps one person that's why i do the podcast that's why i do what i do if one per if one person resonates with any sentence or any word that we have said on this um that's why i'm doing it um the the other thing was a lot of people feel that or some people can't feel is that they're too old to start some people feel that like oh i'm 40 i'm 50 i'm 32 or 33 I'm too old to start I should have started when I was 18 but you put you have a quote of it's never too late to get your shit together can you kind of expand and kind of talk through it a little bit more yeah well it's it's pretty layman's as is but like I I just don't think there ever comes a point in life where you know you're finished you know a lot of people and you, you said it in the other podcast that you know everyone's like a, the idea with the diet is six weeks, twelve weeks, or 
you know, you see all the, the magazines and it's like six week abs or 12 week biceps and all this. Everybody seems to have to put a time on things and like diets were like that, but there's no finishing line. Like if you do that and you do 12 weeks of healthy eating, you get in good shape. What the fuck happens on 12 weeks and two days? Where'd you, you go? Like what happens? And I think that's quite difficult. I think that's a wall that people have to try and overcome. And I can understand a certain crash there. Whereas, like I said, this is a lifestyle thing. I have no finishing line with this. And just like there's no finish line, there's no start line. You can start whenever the fuck you want. Um, I've seen people a good bit older than me start this, start calorie counting, and it's helped them immensely. I seen a post on Instagram the other day, a woman in England, she's like 60 or 70. The, the curly yeah, hair. And yeah. I was like, holy shit. And she's an incredible nick. Like, you know, if you ever need a reality check, that's the kind of one you need. No finishing line, no golden retirement. You're never too old to, to keep learning and keep changing and positively affecting yourself, whether it's physically, mentally, intellectually, whatever it is. It's like I've 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 seen that picture and I like the all credit to that lady. Like it's it's absolutely incredible that transformation um that, that lady has had in such a short space of time. So we're gonna talk about kind of the last question that we're gonna talk about is the books and the podcasts that you would kind of one or two kind of maybe three books that you've kind of listened to or read that have kind of resonated with you and then we'll kind of talk about the podcasts and stuff like that okay um yeah the books like i said i get through i get through a good few audiobooks um but i suppose in respect to the journey the three that probably had the biggest impact on me but again they came at the right time that's they, the big thing they came at a time where i was willing to not just read them but to actually learn from what i was reading and to take it on board um i read charles duhigg's the power of habit um i had heard brian talk about it and reference it a good few times and i listened to it and it it just made me see things i was doing day to day that weren't helping me like i was coming home from work i was driving from work which was only about five minutes stopping at the shop getting coke getting crisps getting chocolate driving home sitting on the couch watching tv all evening like i wouldn't even come out of uniform i just sit there and he goes on talking about a cue trigger release system where you find the cue you find the trigger in it and then the release of the reward would have been the for me the sitting on the couch eating chocolate um but how do i cut that out so the cue for me then was to bring my gym bag to work leave it at the foot of my locker so i no longer went to the car so i just got my gym bag went to the gym straight away so I no longer went to the car, which means I didn't go straight to the shop and I didn't go straight to the couch. Do you know? And I don't know about other people. For me, just after a gym session, I'm like, don't want the chocolate. It's just because I feel like I've done something really positive. I don't really want it. Then I just I usually probably want more meat. I just probably want something with a bit more satiety to make me, you know, full. And um, that book came at an incredible time for me. It was literally just what I needed when I started that journey, this journey. Um, Brian Keane's first book, um, Fitness Mindset broke down a lot of a lot of the stuff you see in the industry that gets flogged around a lot but broke it down in real nice simple terms for somebody who was starting off highly recommended new books really good too but the, the first one was ideal for me starting a journey um again audiobook because i don't read so good but and the last one was uh, dave goggins book david goggins can't hurt me that was 
and still is, and he uh, as a whole has probably had the biggest impact on my mindset and my outlook towards this. I've yeah, I've I've read, I've listened to David Goggins, and it was like an interview. It was like a podcast slash audiobook. So there's someone else reading the book, and then the interviews David afterwards. But I remember I was listening to that when I was training, and it was one of those things that I noticed when David was like, he has an aggressive tone. He's not a very chilled man, but he has an aggressive tone. But it does give you a little bit of a kick. Um, so it, it and I've read Brian's. Brian has been a, a Brian's podcast. Brian's information. Brian's books have been incredible, and very very grateful for what he has done uh, for a lot of people I don't think he realises it he's very 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 modest about it and The Power of Habit is a very good book I would also throw in the James Smith book we both listened to that um, the way that man can break down information to talk to a five year old and make it and apply it and also relate it from stories and and like he's talking about adaptive thermogenesis and you're like most people would be what is he speaking but the way that man can break it down is is uh, is quite spectacular. And I think he's broken a lot of stigmas. There's a lot of work to do, but he's trying to change it one step at a time. Like he's broken a lot of stigmas about female fat loss. I think he's, no, I, I suppose I don't know a lot about the field or the, the, the crowd that you're probably more in than I am, but I think he's probably on his own as one single person having a bigger impact especially in Ireland and England at least, and maybe Australia, I don't know, on the industry than most others because he's, he's kind of normalising the difficult stuff. Like, he likes to drink. Dude likes to drink, he likes to go out, he likes to have fun. Whereas a lot of other ones would be like, no, 12 weeks, in bed, 9 o'clock, fucking work hard. Whereas this guy's like, no, no, you can do this, you can have fun. And he gets his personality across in the book, which is unreal. Because a lot of the times you hear these books and it's just kind of read word for word, whereas he, it's it's a, fucking enjoyable read it is and I I, I, I'd, I 100% recommend that and then uh, what about kind of podcasts for yourself um, are there kind of two or three podcasts that you go to um, and me- names that you haven't mentioned already yeah they kind of cross over a good bit um, I'm not an incredible podcast listener I try as much as I can to kill dead time on, on treadmills or off for walks and then like you said earlier there, there's days I just want countryside quiet and I, I don't want noise in my ears I want just me and my thoughts um, but I suppose the ones that I've religiously gone to would be Brian Keane uh, Paul Dermody of course yourself um, big fan of Trish and Dance it's funny as fuck it really Trish is it's, it's a totally different one but it's it's funny and it's just one of those things that makes you feel happy um, really big fan of those but then I, I, I search for people as well, uh, I actually quite like the Nike ones. They do like a really short podcast. I think it's called Trained, where they have different people on. Like they had uh, Shaquem Griffin the other day. Oh, wow, okay. The guy that he's in the NFL with one hand. Yeah. And just his mindset. You're like, this guy is a pro baller with one hand. And he's like, I fucking love my life. I was like, I make the best of what I have. And you're like, oh, dude. Um, so you have him, them. But I, I tend to look for like Jordan Peterson, David Goggins appearances just because I think those two in particular have a way of teaching me something every single time I listen to them. I've only recently started getting into Brené Brown. She has a documentary on 
Netflix, but she also has a few interviews on podcasts, and um, but she also has videos on YouTube. So she's phenomenal. It's kind of like if you're into the mindset stuff, which I think a lot of more people are kind of being more open to now. She talks a lot about like vulnerability uh, and that kind of thing. So it's it's very interesting to hear it from from with her voice because she has stories behind it. It's not just like here's a load of psychology info. It's important to have a story so you can explain it. Uh, Steve, I didn't realize we were gonna do two podcasts. Um, you fair play. I, I I'm so grateful you gave up your your day off to come down to the big smoke. Um, um, you got a scone out of it. I did. They stamped my visa and everything coming into the south side. He had to put on an accent earlier, uh, to try and pass the test. Um, even where people were beeping at him, he was just waving. They're really nice here. Yeah, lovely people in Dublin. I mean, they were so nice when I was driving. They were beeping to say hello and everything. Uh, so Steve, thank you so much for for coming on, guys. If you've enjoyed the either both episodes, I hope. Uh, please. Do tag myself and Steve up on your stories and feel free to kind of message us uh, with kind of any snippets that you kind of took um, or any snippets that you feel apply to yourself. And thanks so much, Steve, for coming on. All right.